Good day. I am Francis Gargani, redemptorist residing in our provincial residence here in Washington, D.C., once again with you on the third of the month, today being the feast of the apostles Philip and James. The only reason they are celebrated as a pair is their names adorn a dedicatory inscription on the Basilica of the Holy Apostles in Rome, and their relics brought there at the same time in our early church history. Though we know practically nothing of this Apostle James, not to be confused with James, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John, today's gospel author, scripture at least does give us a few glimpses of Philip. After being called by Jesus, Philip recruits Nathaniel. And towards the end of Jesus' ministry, Philip, along with Andrew, brings some curious Greek-seeking Jews to meet Jesus. But Philip is probably best remembered for being the fall guy in the story of the multiplication of the loaves and fish. In John's Gospel, when Jesus tests Philip, according to John, how are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Since the story records there are about 5,000 men, Philip responds that over half a year's wages would not cover the expense of feeding so many. Chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. Of course, Philip experiences the power of blessing and breaking, that is, sharing whatever God gives us and discovers trusting God will reward our generous hospitality with overflowing abundance. And today's gospel gives us one more very important glimpse of Philip, though once again, he comes off a bit clueless, but lucky for us that he doesn't seem to grasp that Jesus was sent by God the Father to reveal God's unconditional and forever love. Because of Philip, we have one of the clearest statements by Christ that Christ is the revelation of God's love and power. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. John 14, verse 10. Now, how amazing is that? The first response of Jesus to Philip's inquiry, Master, show us the Father, that will be enough for us, is, have I been with you for so long a time and you still do not know me, Philip? A line that continues to echo down through the centuries. It's basically the work of a soul on the spiritual journey, to wit, recognizing all the ways Christ keeps showing up in our lives. For like Philip, we keep somehow not recognizing who Christ really is. It's interesting we have this feast at this and this famous exchange between Philip and Jesus at the Last Supper during this fifth week of Eastertide. Over and over throughout this season, we keep reading how the disciples and apostles repeatedly kept not recognizing Christ when he would appear to them after the resurrection. He would eat before them to show that he was still flesh and blood, not a ghost. 
Jesus would invite Thomas to put his fingers in the nail prints in his hands and feet and his hand into his pierced side to convince Thomas, though crucified, he was alive. How often Christ would show up when they were still locked up, both literally and spiritually, or when they were forlorn and feeling desperate after not catching any fish after an entire night's attempt. And when we retell our own stories of disappointment, failure, near despair, we hopefully now can see how Christ was there with us all along also, though at the time we didn't recognize him. Philip's inquiry still impacts us because it continues to make us deal with how often in our relationships we fail to understand and appreciate the other, whether it's a parent, sibling, child, close friend, lover, or spouse, or they us. Probably sometime in our life, we have both heard the other respond to us, how long have I been with you? And you still don't really know who I am? We have said practically those very words to them. Songs and operas, novels and films, fables and poems over and over deal with this oh-so-human issue of not really seeing the other or being seen for who they really are or for who we really are. How well we all know how untended wounds whether from childhood or any stage of our life, often keep us locked up in ourselves, blinding us, often missing love when it's staring us right in the face, often missing another's authentic self, buried under layers of bitterness and resentment. How well we know this human dynamic gets played out, not only in our personal relationships, but in our communal as well the divisiveness of our own nation, politically, socially, and economically, reflects this often tragic condition of our brokenness, racism, sexism, xenophobia, and practically every form of prejudice and discrimination are rooted in our not recognizing each other's authentic self as the very body of Christ. The whole reason we have this Eastertide season is to keep encountering the revelation that Christ is alive. It's just so vital to keep encountering a God of such incredible love. Even the hated instrument of failure and death, the cross, becomes the paschal symbol of the triumph of God's love, the Easter symbol that can transform all the crosses of our lives into revelations that God will heal will liberate and will transform us. But Christ alive keeps the promise. Christ keeps showing up. And in the final line of today's gospel, Christ says to us, I will do it. Amen. <laughs>